We're live. <laughs> here well, we go. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird just happened. Uh, let's talk about business ethics. Big marketing guys. <laughs> let's talk about Sam Altman, Elon Musk being anti-Semitic, and what else should oh, we cover? Uh, let's get more political if we can. Yeah, let's get as political as possible. Talk about re- Trump and Biden. I would like to personally cover the uh, Israel-Hamas crisis. Uh, you know all and get about some hot takes. I know yeah. you've done your research. <laughs> No, we're not talking about any of that, but we are talking about news and advertising and media this week. Um, what are you doing for Thanksgiving, man? We are renting a farmhouse in Asheville. Ooh, that's cool. It's pretty cool. It's got animals and stuff, so Dre will be able to play with farm animals, I guess, is what Alicia said. All right, well, that's cool, Which she man. sold me on anyway. Sweet. Yeah, it's like up on a mountain. I don't know. It's supposed to be pretty cool. I've never been to Asheville, have you? Oh, yeah, many times. Yeah. Yeah, Asheville's awesome, Is it man. cool? It's really cool. Are yeah. you guys going to get to go into, like, the, the, t- the city? I all? hope so. Can you take Dre with you to, like, breweries and stuff? I guess you could. Yeah, usually breweries, a lot of, like, restaurants and stuff frown upon it. But, yeah, I mean, most breweries are good until, like, 9 or whatever. Okay. So we've got, like, early early days. The brewery scene there is awesome. Yeah, there's some really good stuff um, that I'm looking for. That was, like, the main reason I wanted to go to Asheville. Uh-huh. And I was like, Alicia, where'd you book? Hopefully it's close to the city. She's like, oh, it's 40 minutes outside. Oh, boy. I'm like, oh, man. Well, fuck? Wicked Weed is cool. Yeah, I think that's Sierra Nevada's got a big brewery there. And uh, and then there's just a bunch of little ones. Yeah, I think there's high wires there, too, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, just all, all the little guys are just fun to go yeah. hop around to. Yeah, that we're definitely making that happen. <laughs> yeah, one way or another. I don't care if it's a forty-minute drive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just because Dre's not into beer yet, you know, it's she okay. is actually. Oh yeah, she yeah. likes it. She loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Helps put her to sleep at night. It does. Yeah, it's the only way we can get her to sleep. It's <laughs> good parenting advice from Spencer Donaldson. Yeah. Um, what do we got this week? We got four articles. Yeah, I mean, the Snoop Dogg thing is pretty awesome. If you were you're telling me about it. Yeah, I mean. So- What's going on with him? What's going on with old old Snoop Lion? Well, I mean, it, it's genius. If you think about, I, I'm sure every marketer that's listening to this has seen this, but basically he posted that he was uh, going smokeless. Him and his family agree that he needed to stop. Um, I mean, he just said going smokeless is what the whole ad campaign was, but really it was just a solo stove ad, and it played out over they like really four or five days. really waited a long time for that intervention. Yeah, no, it's crazy, like... <laughs> to think about like and i'm sure what it sounded like in the article on ad ad week was like um basically what happened was they were like who can we align with to accentuate the point that we have a smoke-free stove let's figure out who smokes more than anybody oh man snoop dogg oh that's genius i'm sure that cost a, a good chunk of change but that's so smart Oh, so smart. And me and my, like, they did a full branded collab, too. Like, they have a Snoop Dogg branded stove that Uh comes with a hat and, like, all this other stuff that you could do. Which, so you know, he's got a a big stake in that product lineup. Oh, does he really? I'm sure. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I would assume he's taking a ton away. It's got to be a part of the deal. But, yeah, I mean, it was like a four-day thing. Everyone's like, oh, God, what's going on with Snoop Dogg? Does he have lung cancer? Like, why would he stop? Like, even my wife was like, something must be wrong. Snoop Dogg is like the go-to marketing 
influencer for so many brands. It's so you see him everywhere, dude. Oh, I mean, he's one of those people. He's like the rock. He can sell anything, you know, he's the dog. Pretty much every group of people likes him. Yeah. You know, that's the thing about it. Right. Broad appeal for sure. Yep. The only thing they could have done better is if they did this, like they should have kept it going and like made it more like Willie Nelson should have came in. I'm quitting too. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> in solidarity, like oh. and done it with multiple people. Oh, that, that would have cost a lot more, but that, that would have been smart though. But that's really, that's funny. So you get this like guerrilla style PR campaign going with cheekily, you know, inaccurate information yeah. <laughs> and then capitalize on it. Well, and it, you think about it, it's really hard to market something that isn't there. Like right. having no smoke, how, how do you market that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no way to do it. We've got a uh, Brio at my house, which is another, it's basically a solo stove competitor. Get rid of it. Yeah, I'm going solo stove. I'm going to buy the Snoop Dogg edition, I think. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I want to line old Snoop's pockets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he needs more money, dude. That's awesome. That's a genius marketing campaign, though. Oh, 100%. Like, how can you get better marketing than that? Because it was news everywhere. Uh, like, it was on CNN. It was on every major news just outlet. Just viral word of mouth. Yeah, and everyone's like, what's going on? He's yeah. not talking about it. And then he was also posting pictures of him just, like, looking downtrodden. Like, I gave up smoking. But <laughs> you can't you can't beat that. But I don't, like, I wonder with stuff like that. Like, that doesn't, it's cool marketing, but that doesn't necessarily make me want to go buy a solo stove. Right. No, it's just awareness. It I is a hundred percent. So whenever you're in the market for a fire pit next, you're like, oh, I remember? Oh, yeah, I've seen this brand name <laughs> exactly. before. You know, I bet their sales do go through the roof though, especially with this new the, the, tying it to a product line was really smart. Something yeah. specific to tie to the campaign so that it drives sales of that limited edition thing. That's that's smart. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I wouldn't have thought, but I mean, I'm sure there's probably thousands if not tens of thousands of people willing to buy something. It's a that. genius like Black Friday scheme too, honestly. Perfect like tying, timing. Yeah, tying your sale to a specific product line even, like making it more, this is the moment to do this one thing. So it's not just a discount, but it's a special version of the product that you can get during that time is super, I think super smart. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, it's, and that's like, a lot of businesses that we work with too, we struggle. There's certain features that we struggle to market on a product. We're like, you know, a lot of our clients will be like, highlight this feature. I think it's really cool just to focus a huge effort on a feature like that, uh, like just feature marketing. Yep. I don't know. It's giving me some ideas. Yeah. We're going to have to spend some of our clients' money. <laughs> you got to call Snoop. Yeah, why not? Yeah, do it. Martha Stewart, maybe. Nice. Sam Altman, you could hire him as your CEO too, I heard. Yeah, he's real cheap too. <laughs> No, Microsoft snagged them, man. I know, man. That was a, that was a G move. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Um, I wanted to talk about the sphere in Vegas because we covered this as like a potential content marketing strategy for big brands. Remember? Yeah. Um, because of the immersive experience and like what kind of things can you do or events can you create as a brand tied to your brand? And we were talking about like, Oh, what if Tesla did like a documentary on the evolution of the electric vehicle or something? And you could go pay to experience it. In yeah. the sphere. So like content marketing initiatives, but sort of as a footnote to that, we were like, I wonder what the advertising is going to be like on the outside of the sphere yeah. because it's prime real estate. 
obviously everybody's looking at it. People are going to take pictures of it. It's still super novel. So you're going to get tons of ripple effects uh, if you advertise something on the outside of the sphere. And people are doing that. So this article is from Marketing Brew and it says, if you build a sphere, advertisers will come. That seems to be the lesson in Las Vegas where the sphere, an enormous dome-shaped venue with an exterior covered in LED screens, has now broadcast 360-degree digital ads for some of the biggest brands in the world since even before it opened in September. So it's been doing this. That includes Coca-Cola, Xbox, Meta, um, and even YouTube. Uh, they advertise the, the new Sunday ticket package. On there, pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was funny, though. The, it's definitely tailored to big brands. Like, I don't think there are any small businesses that are going to be able to experiment with a Sphere ad. Unfortunately, uh, it's like the price of a Super Bowl ad. Brands spend anywhere from $450,000 a day to $650,000 a week. Um, but they're saying that that could offset the the Sphere's losses, which they're reporting uh, losing nearly $100 million on the venue last quarter. And I just think I'm... I mean, how many events have there been? And they're not really like moving a ton of tickets. It's just been what you two and yeah. Well, I mean, that's I would have events running all day, but yeah. I, you know that there's probably huge production costs to be able to make something that you can show in there. Like, I'm sure it's coming. And, oh, for sure, it's got to be like the time frame to get those videos done and everything like that has to be. Yeah, it's a it's a completely different production that you have to do. But I bet all the biggest performers in the world are thinking about like. Like Lady Gaga or The Weeknd or something. Like, they're all thinking about how can I put on the best show ever in the sphere. So, like, that revenue is going to come for sure. But this is a really smart way to offset the cost in the meantime. No. And you think about it, really, to me, that doesn't sound that expensive for what it is. Because you think, for now anyways, at some point the novelty will wear off. Right. But now there's not one person that goes to Vegas. Everyone's taking a photo and posting a photo online. Uh -huh. I almost guarantee it. Yep. So if that ad is in that photo and you know, you've got however many of people are showing up in Vegas, I'd be curious to know how many people are going to Vegas now, like per day. Right. Yeah. And if you calculate those numbers, probably the cost per impression. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's cheap, man. Yeah, probably, probably. And you could do so. Have you noticed that a lot of advertisers now are doing the QR code on their OTT ads? Yeah. So who was it that did that during the Super Bowl? Was that Coinbase? Yeah, it was Coinbase, yeah. And they did the QR code, and it just, like, crashed all their servers because yep. so many people scanned it. And now I'm seeing, uh, what is it, DoorDash? Is it DoorDash or Grubhub? I think it's DoorDash. But they're always on Hulu. Every time we watch Hulu, there's a DoorDash ad that comes up. And it's the dude from Ted Lasso, the assistant coach, okay. Coach Beard, just being weird and like pointing to the QR code. Oh, that's cool. That's a, I haven't seen that one. That's a cool idea. It's though. smart, but I'm like, dude, that translates so well to OH too. Like, who's going to be the first one to put a QR code on the sphere? Oh, or has someone sure. done it already? Because then you can tie it to performance. Yeah, I'm sure someone has or will do it. I'm just curious with Coinbase doing that. I'm curious to know this year how many people are going to do that on the Super Bowl. Probably every company. Probably everybody. It's going to get played out. Yeah. yeah, probably. Like, no one's going to scan every QR code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Like, the novelty's gone. Yeah. That's cool, though. I think that's a steal. So we should do that for captive. What do we... Yeah, for sure. Sam Altman, Sphere Advertising, and that's your business plan for 24. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Uh, let's take a look at this little video from TikTok.
I'll turn my sound on. This video is going viral. It shows the aftermath of a woman's car that was on fire and everything was damaged except for her tumbler. The fact that you can still hear the ice in that thing has been driving people crazy. The video has caught so much attention that the president of Stanley responded to it. We're glad you're safe. I've seen a lot of comments that we should send you some Stanleys. Well, we're going to send you some Stanleys. <laughs> but they're not just giving her free Stanleys. Because she did a better marketing job than they could probably ever do, this is what they're doing. But there's one more thing. We've never done this before, and we'll probably never do it again. But we'd love to replace your vehicle. Yeah. All of us at Stanley... We'd really like to replace your video. <laughs> the lady who originally took the video made a response. She's very thankful for everyone who helped her video blow up. And a lot of people have been suspicious that this video is actually real. She doesn't say how the fire started, but maintains the video is real. Dude, that's that amazing. Was, oh, if that was fake, that's incredible. Oh my God. But, but like the fact I, that it is, I mean, God, that's like a drop in the bucket. From well, the marketing again exposure that they got, just replacing the vehicle, it's like nothing. Oh, nothing. And you think about it, like, thinking about, and I was talking to my coworker about this, but how important the quality of product is. Like, the fact that ice still was in that cup. Yeah, that's insane. That's ridiculous. Like, that's to crazy. think of how great of a product that is. Uh-huh. All of our wives are not that crazy uh -uh. for having it in every color. Except they're horrible. They leak everywhere. Do they they're, really? Yeah, they're, like, Alicia will be, like, <laughs> spilling it all down the fucking hallway. <laughs> like, I'm like, this thing, yeah, it holds ice, but it leaks everywhere. Dude, but that does tie into, like, telling the stories of your customers, you know what I mean? Yep. And like being plugged in in some way to your customers to be able to receive that story when it goes out. Like, obviously this probably happened. I mean, it went viral. So a bunch of people saw it, but there's some kind of like social listening strategy lesson there for yep. brands, right? Where it's like, you should be, anytime somebody mentions your brand name, you should be watching that content and see if there's a marketing opportunity associated with it. I'm sure it won't be this good no. <laughs> if there is one, but I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, you just think about a, a feature of a product. Like we should go pitch the same thing to Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> like let's burn it. I'll set my car on fire. Yeah, I will. <laughs> if they replace it, I'm cool with it. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Um, but yeah, there's some kind of case study there in terms of like engaging with your customers and hearing their stories and then going out and telling them. Um, that's why I think it's important as a marketer not just to, like we're all so obsessed with and focused on acquisition and bringing in new people, but there's got to be some way to close the loop, whether that's with your support team or your product team or whatever, there should be ongoing dialogue with your customers like that. That is not just for stories like this and the basics like case studies and testimonials, but also just hearing how they, this has been huge for us uh, at Boombox, but just hearing how they talk about it. Yeah. What features were they drawn to? How do they explain it to their friends if they're using the product? Like, how do they talk about it? How do they articulate? Because you're thinking like, here are the value props and here's how I'm gonna articulate it. But hearing it directly from a customer sometimes is like, oh, that's way better than I could have ever come up with. Oh, you know? for sure. And it's telling. It's about being responsive too. Like they moved quickly. Yep. A lot of companies don't move that quickly. True. It's like no, you gotta. If something like that happens and goes viral, you gotta act immediately. Yep. Which they jumped in and did. That's awesome. That is pretty sweet. All right. What's next, dog? 
this marketing alignment one next? Oh yeah, this is from Ad Age. Um, marketing misalignment woes. Mo modern marketing organizations are truly impressive, creative powerhouses that drive impact through their content, backed by refined analytics and business intelligence. It's true for certainly some marketing organizations. Uh, the one thing they often miss, however, is organizational alignment. Executives lack insight into the work being done. Independent contributors don't understand how their daily work connects to the plan. And managers are stuck in the middle without enough information to communicate up or down effectively. So th this article goes on and on. And there's a bunch of takeaways and advice for it. A lot of it is around like planning a marketing calendar. Yeah. And just circulating that, which I think is helpful for sure. Like having a core calendar, we do that in Asana. Like what blog posts are coming out when, if we're sponsoring an event, when that is. We'll cover it at our all hands meetings. Like here are the things that are happening next. But I I do think that's like an oversimplification of the solution. Like we both struggled with this, yeah, right? 100%. Whether it's upward or, or downward. Like early in my career, it was... I had a bunch of people on my team that were working on things, but it was we weren't measuring the efficacy of those strategies in the right way. So it was like confusing to them how, how am I contributing to the growth of the business? That's what everybody yeah. wants to know, especially in the marketing department where you're reporting on like acquisition, lead generation, revenue, um, whatever it is, whatever your business supports. But you want to know as an individual contributor, like how am I tied to that? And then obviously like your board, your executive team, all the powers that be, they want to know also how are the people that you hired contributing to that? So I think it's about measuring, right? Like that's really the, the it's crux. measurement and education because you have to educate the stakeholders and what's important. Cause like a lot of times an executive team isn't going to know all of the metrics true, or why it's important to measure them. So you have to coach them and same thing with your team. You definitely have to coach them yep. in what's important to measure, but it's education. Like everyone needs a, a little course in marketing, especially boards and executives. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a lot of nuance to what we do and you got to lay that out. If they don't understand what you're doing, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. And a percentage of your alignment. budget, especially as you grow is going to be allocated towards those more fluffy kind of awareness plays that eventually trickle down into more acquisition opportunities. Like you have to do that at a certain point to grow your acquisition numbers. And so what is the, what is the narrative behind where you're placing those bets? Like yep. what percentage of the budget is being invested into that, making sure you have alignment on that. And then saying here, here are the places I want to put it. And making sure everybody as a leadership team agrees to that is super important because if you're just going off of like a CPM and you can't tie anything attributable to your acquisition, but you can monitor like, hey, our branded search went up by X percent in the month that we ran this campaign or direct, you know, uh, visits to the website, people just typing in our URL to the browser went up. You can report on all that, but it's probably not going to give you the most accurate picture of what that brand awareness campaign did for you yeah. and what kind of demand it drove for you. So it's like you almost have to align on what is the size of the investment that we're comfortable making into strategies like this. And then do we all agree on where it's being allocated? And as long as you have that alignment, you should be good. And then I would say like part and parcel to that 
all of your strategies, all of your employees, to the extent that you can tie them to customer acquisition, you should. <laughs> you yeah. definitely should. Well, it's being realistic realistic about timeframes too. Yeah. I think you, that's important too, because like a lot of this misalignment comes from people wanting things to move faster than they actually do. I True. Mean, so if you're setting the expectations wrong up front about what the timeframes are, that's the other thing you got to look out for. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I agree 100% with what you're saying. It, I think this happens a lot with organizations. Totally. You know, it, and it is, especially if you're running a lot of brand awareness campaigns to tie that back to the bottom line. Like how you do that is it's a tightrope walk for sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and this article is pretty squarely focused on like content strategies, which yeah, I mean, we know those are those are more top of funnel. Um, you should have ways to capture demand if it exists when they go visit whatever the content strategy is. But probably the last touch attribution associated with your content strategies is not going to be earth shattering. Yeah. So another thing to think about is like, how do I, if I'm not going to measure direct acquisition from this, you, you should to the extent that it's possible. But if that's not the KPI then what else are you reporting on? How else can you like collect an email address, for instance? Like, can you offer a lead magnet yeah. in that content, like a free giveaway in exchange for your email or something like that? And then, then you can at least take the traffic one step further down the funnel and say, hey, we're acquiring a big email list from this content strategy and we're nurturing the email list and retargeting and social media and creating lookalikes and all that good stuff. So you make the value of that content strategy go as far as it possibly can for you. A hundred percent. I think that's great. I, I really don't like that they're saying like make a calendar and everything. Cause like you think about it, like the best marketing, like Stanley, if we take that as a case study, they jumped into action immediately. That's never going to be on your content calendar. Oh, for sure. Like you have to take advantages advantage of opportunities, and that's the thing. Like with a lot of our clients, um, you know, we're doing the strategy a month in advance, mm -hmm. but we're calling audibles all the time, depending on how things are performing this month and right. changing things up. And you yep. need some flexibility to be able to do that because you don't know what's going to work and what's not from yeah. month to month. You're Definitely. trying different things. So like having a calendar, that seems stupid to me. Like that's the answer. It's not this. the answer. No. It's helpful. I mean, it, it at least relieves the concern of like, nobody's wondering what people are doing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the most dangerous territory to enter into as a marketer is like you're employing somebody or you yourself, people are, you know, your executive team's like, what are you doing with this budget? What are you doing with your time? It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's not a good but, conversation. I, no, it's a horrible conversation. But that also, like, when it comes to running a company, you should be able to hire people that you trust to run your business, right? Oh, yeah, like, for sure. You got to give them some leeway to do what they do well. It's true. If you're like, it, that's true. I know what you're going to say. Like, it's, it's still on you, yeah, yeah, to be able to report 100% upward. Like, you shouldn't, if you find yourself in that situation, like, you have, you have, failed your duties as a marketing leader yeah. for sure yeah but if a leader is going into the tasks down to like what is someone doing on a day-to-day -day level like a ceo going into like especially in a bigger company I, it, it, this changes for smaller companies like you get it but if if it's a small marketing team and the ceo wants to know exactly what but in a bigger company ceo shouldn't worry about what the marketing coordinator is doing on a day-to-day -day basis oh, that's it's for just sure. like let's let's 
report on these KPIs. That's what we're looking at here. We don't need to get down to the task level. That's where you need alignment is like, what's my budget? How much acquisition am I responsible for bringing in? And then when it's what we do, what what are the metrics that you're judging me? Like, this is what I've started asking clients because we mess this up a ton of times. What metrics are you using to judge the success of the campaign? Yep. And then we'll work on those metrics. Yep. You know, but like all the other little stuff, if you want to be, you know, if you want to give us five metrics that we're judged on, that's great. Let's take high level metrics and focus on those. All the outside stuff about tasks and all of that, we're not going to Yeah, you kind of got to trust your marketing leader to yeah. be able to back up into from an hour of labor into an acquired customer or a purchase on the website or whatever it is that you're being judged by. Well, and that's the thing. And really it comes down to when, and that's not happening that executives start to dig in. Yeah. You know, and I, I, like I would too, probably. Oh, hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. If you're not hitting your goals, like you have KPI goals, if the goals aren't being hit, but again, like it's also like you look at the VC backed companies and how they're setting expectations and what their goals are. You just have to be candid with them up front about what a realistic goal is. Yeah, you go, give me money you, and leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just leave me alone. Don't ask Stay questions. away from me. How many customers do we get? I don't know, yeah. but I spent all the money. I don't so. know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fucking scared, okay? <laughs> have you ever seen that I think you should leave sketch? Uh, which one is it? Where Tim Robinson is driving, he's in the parking lot, and he like backs up and like oh, I don't keeps know. going he back doesn't and forth. Drive. <laughs> this guy beefs at him. He's like, "Don't you know how to drive?" And he's like, "No, no I don't, I don't. <laughs> and I'm fucking scared." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so good. But yeah, that's that's where alignment boils down to. I mean, like I understand that it's easier said than done, and I think that marketing specifically because it is tied to acquisition and measurable results, but it's not always clear how the activities translate into those measurable results. I think we are like uniquely positioned to be in a, a, pl- a place where we feel like we're not aligned with the rest yeah. of the organization. But it, it all just boils down to agreeing to the metrics, measuring them to the best of your ability and reporting consistently. That's another thing I see too, is just a lack of reporting so like months will go by and people are like, what did we miss the number last month? Or like, yeah. how did we do against it? If we missed it, why did we miss it? It's like, you have to, you got to bring that information quickly. And if there's bad news, especially you got to bring that quickly. So no, you're right. I think a lot of people, that's why they're not reporting is because it doesn't look good. Right. You know, uh, usually if if there's no report, you know it's bad. But like, yeah, bury your head in the sand is not a good strategy. No, there. it's horrible strategy. Yeah. It's like, let's get this fixed. What are we doing wrong here? Yep. And you have to do that. I think that is a good thing. Is like a lot of small companies. I mean, and it's also having uh, insight, like making sure everyone, because a lot of companies have a marketing organization and a sales organization. And it's making sure that you're reporting data back and forth too. Like how many deals are, you know, the SDRs closing or, or get the SDRs are getting leads off of the data you've, you've created, like thinking through that as well. Like yeah. Having, chase, chase all the opportunities that you generate in marketing down to revenue. Yeah. You should do that. I mean, like, even if there's a long sales cycle, like I know there's complications in that funnel, but still to the best of your ability, you should say, 
this quarter we closed X amount of dollars in revenue. Of those opportunities, you know, 50%, 40% were driven by marketing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's just making sure too that marketers know what the sales team's doing in, the, in those types of businesses as well. Like Ignoring your leads. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I mean, you know how it goes, it, you know, when it is set up that way is like everyone's pointing the finger at each other. Uh, like, well, the leads aren't good enough. Well, how many leads have you cl- called? Right. You know, like, yeah, exactly. And how quickly did you call them? But, <laughs> that's a, that's a whole different story. Fun times. Fun times. Cool. What well, else we got? I think that's it, right? Is that it? That's the news. It's Thanksgiving, guys. We're ready to go on vacation. We're yeah. tired. Yeah. <laughs> We're retiring. We're retiring. Big marketing guys will be back, maybe. We're going smokeless, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Cool. That's the news. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.